welcome listeners to you are now listening episode. to what we do in Elysium and I'm your other host your Colin. source for news strategy like and discussion in a while. I for feel like vampire the masquerade rival no, has a card game it has been a little while um, between we've both been traveling lately and stuff and you know it's starting to get that time of year where holidays and everything start to pop up it has been a while yeah, yeah, we had the the little mini episode last week to cover those uh, cover those travels, which was fun. It was uh, impromptu, but all content's good content, right? Yeah, hopefully people enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was interesting. I had fun talking about it. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, okay, so today, I mean, uh, it's been long overdue, but we're, now we're going to talk about Wolf and Rat. Yeah. Um, spoilers have been out there for a while, not only from Gen Con, um, but Renegade streams, I think, have spoiled everything anyway. So there's no excuse yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, they. I, yeah, I think they went card by card, um, you know, through each clan and then the, and then the neutrals. So we're not really going to repeat that because it seems a little pointless. Um, but we're just going to kind of do our more holistic look at what the pack looks feels like you know what it uh what some of the interesting cards that intrigue us are and, and that kind of thing yeah so obviously uh we talked about before but our first uh introduction to these cards was the pre-release at gen con now what was your first initial thoughts upon cracking everything open and, and looking at all the cards um so i do remember looking at the starter decks and thinking that the nosferatu was definitely stronger um a lot of that came down to the agenda though right so like it was kind of hard to but like in in, because we were in a quote-unquote tournament even though i mean it was you know it was a pre-release so you cared about winning but it wasn't obviously like a a real full tournament but i mean um so i think my initial impression was probably a little of you know a little colored against gangrel just from that like even, even though it had nothing to do with the actual cards really it was just you know the agendas and stuff didn't seem quite as strong um so anyway that was my kind of initial thought and then since then i definitely think gangrel is much stronger than the very first blush what about you uh i kind of felt the same way about the agenda like you mentioned um nosferatu looked they looked like everything worked out of the box uh speaking about the pre-constructed deck the gangrel one it felt like yeah here's a bunch of animals like have fun type of thing um right i wasn't as down on it i it's funny because the the way the event was run it was two two games of the pre-con deck and then two games of the build your own deck and the pre-con decks were the only games that i actually won during the day so i can't be too down on it um i kind of it wouldn't say ignored the agenda uh, for my pre-con game. I, I kind of just went like full aggro and mm-hmm. won that way. So it is kind of what we were both saying. Uh, the pre-con agenda is odd to play with, with what you get. Um, and that kind of also goes with the Nosferatu. The The one weird thing in the Nosferatu pre-con is it has uh, Shep Mason. He's a Nosferatu vampire, and we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But he, he basically has a Blake text box because it references a title, which is not in the pre-con deck. Right. That's a little weird, but yeah, fine. When, and I mean, I think, like you said, you know, Gangrel going full aggro, like 
I think that kind of shows they do have some power, right? And so that it makes sense that you are maybe, um, I like not that I was like super low on them. I mean, they in- interested me. I played, I actually played mostly Gangrel, you know, the second or those last two rounds. But um, my first impression was like just looking at those starter decks. The Nosferatu one was like, oh, this looks like, you know, if I had to pick one of these two decks to play, I'd play it. Um, but I mean, I think they're both have. I do remember they both had a lot of interesting cards, even in the starter decks, and then of course in the in the crypt pack as well. Um, and they also seem to me, I, 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 the the only word I can kind of think of is more blendy than like Tremere and Thin Bloods, um, which is kind of weird because obviously Thin Bloods are a really good splash, but like they feel i don't know distinctive isn't the right word but like it, it feels like you can you can i don't know nosferatu and gangrel feel like they can blend in with some of the existing decks a lot more um some of that's probably discipline overlap and stuff but um i don't know i'm, I'm curious i'm curious that my kind of vague impression what you what you thought about that yeah i i think actually you keyed in on my thoughts on it right at the end is the the discipline blending with Tremere and Thin Bloods, you're playing them to obviously either do something with blood sorcery or especially with the Thin Bloods with their alchemies. Um, I think that was the more stronger of the two to try to play into. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the blood sorcery and the rituals uh, still need some more work to really be a viable thing. Um, not as much for the alchemies. The alchemies just give you stuff right away and you don't really need to do much for them. And the thin bloods just build on that. Um, but Nosferatu and Gangrel, yeah, they kind of just already fit into what's going on. They don't need a lot of like their own mechanics to do their own thing. Right. Right. And then they also come with, you know, some strong mechanics, obviously of their own. Yeah. Um, the animals, yeah, but, they're pretty cool. But, but yeah, like you said, I think, I think it's that they don't need sort of like um, uh, I think inmate is a good example of somebody from the core set where like if you're if you're running any sort of aggressive deck and you like have an inmate in the deck, you're never going to be sad, you know? Right. Um, I think Nosferatu and Gangrel have some characters sort of along those lines, um, more so than like thin blood or Tremere where like you said you really have to kind of build like even whether it's good or you know a good package or not like you you do have to sort of build specifically for that um you know unlike where yeah so i i think that's actually a pretty good way of putting it too like you said about the thin bloods right okay so let's let's go down the two clans uh, so let's start with, I'll, I'll call these ones my favorite out of the pack so far. I like a lot of their stuff. So it's Nosferatu. Uh, the first thing that we can go about down by disciplines is there's a lot of obfuscate and a good amount of potence. Yep. Um, which is interesting because, at least for me, obfuscate was always something that the core stuff like looked strong. There just wasn't that many vampires with it. And now we have plenty of vampires with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's clandestine. She has double obfuscate. Uh, General Flint has double potence plus animalism. Uh, animalism isn't strictly just for a gangrel. They, it's shared across both clans, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, we should kind of maybe mention real quick off the top. So animalism is the discipline that was introduced in this pack or one of the two, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, 
we'll, we'll cover animals later when we talk about kind of neutral cards. But basically, if you want to play animals, you have to have animalism is the gist of it. Yeah, um, it is. A, it is essentially a uh, cost requirement on the card for the animal. Yeah, kind of kind of like uh, blood sorcery is for rituals. Mm-hmm. Animalism is for for animals. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's pick a couple ones that are definitely going to be making making some waves here. Uh, why don't you go with the first one? Yeah, so the the one I th- I kind of wanted to talk about was Kim Fan. Um, so she's got I think it's a she, I don't actually have the the uh, yeah art in front of me. That's what, the, that's what the art looks like. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I was gonna say I don't have the art in front of me, so I can't tell. Uh, but. Which was, you know, uh, four cost, uh, one physical, one mental, obfuscate potence. Okay, you know, kind of not generic, but like some useful traits, some decent, decent disciplines, but nothing that really jumps out. But her text is really interesting to me. So she can exhaust to remove a token from target ongoing or unattached face down card controlled by any player. Use this ability only in the streets. Pay one prestige, discard that card instead. So, quick rules thing, you, you to discard the card, it has to have tokens on it, right? So, for ongoings, that means things like rituals, or um, there's a new a couple cards in this pack where, like, they're ongoings that you put some prestige or blood or whatever from the supply on them, and then every time you use it, it goes away. So, things like that. Or, conspiracies. <laughs> it also hits conspiracies because they're face-down cards with tokens on them. Um, and so I, like, I'm not necessarily saying she's super strong right now, but just that effect being able to wreck those types of decks makes her instantly important, even if she's not necessarily played. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a little bummed that her text didn't work how it kind of sort of reads, uh, where you could just get rid of any ongoing, but that would probably be a little too strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about Malkavians and how, like if you go conspiracy heavy, it's kind of maybe going to be an uphill battle and this is not helping. Um, but if they ever do start getting crazy and get like really strong conspiracies, this is kind of a good, uh, a silver bullet card. Cause you mm-hmm. probably not really going to play her for her stats. Um, you're really playing for her for her tax box, I think. Exactly. And I and so I think I think she's seems right now, of course, we haven't actually really seen her in the wild, but I mean, I think she's a pretty well designed silver bullet because her stats are not great, but she is for and she's four costs, which means so like, okay, she's not you're not gonna just throw her in as a as a cheap include, but she's also not like super expensive. Right. Um, and her her silver bullet is focused, but still broad enough. Like we talked about conspiracies, rituals, and then even a couple ongoing cards. So like, you know, it's not like if, if she had like, for example, if for some reason she had just targeted conspiracies, that feels bad. Because yeah. Then she she kills one deck without helping anybody, you know, so like I don't like that. But like, I think she's broad enough. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see her kind of, I think she'll kind of go in and out of the meta depending on what's popular. Yep. Yeah. That was my exact thought is uh, it's very good that there was hopefully the purposeful foresight that this is any ongoing and it's not a specific card type. Cause I think that's 
something that a lot of card games fall into the trap is they just target one specific card, like a, a trait or something like that. And mm-hmm. luckily this game is broad enough right now where there's um, design space where, you know, other face down cards or something. There's a lot of things that you can read from this text that read that you can read into that says, oh, this, this is future proofing for something. Right. Right. And I mean, it is, you know, exhausting to remove a token is can be pretty devastating, especially against like a conspiracy. But I mean, paying a prestige isn't nothing, right? Like that is a decent cost. So it's not like, you know, even even against a conspiracy or ritual deck, it's not like she just wins you the game automatically. I mean, obviously, she does a lot to help you. But, you know, it's not just like, okay, you're just totally dead now. Yeah, but if you if you wait and uh, either you know hold her in your hand or something like that, paying that one prestige and say the Malkavian player is like one prestige off from triggering their conspiracy or um, what do you call it? Right. Uh, the Tremere player has like Sleep of the Damned or something like that. Like that. Could right. Be pretty, right. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty good play, and you're getting your money's worth paying that uh, the blood and the prestige. Oh, definitely for sure yeah she's, she's interesting cool um well next is my favorite nosferatu character so far and that's clandestine uh nosferatu vampire five bp zero physical two social one mental double obfuscate uh her text box reads attacker this attack deals plus one social damage to city deck mortals so she can just one shot anything but sad without any cards that's really good <laughs> yep I I, I I totally agree she is she is very interesting um and i think pretty dang dang strong mm-hmm. um and especially with that double obfuscate so uh we kind of mentioned the obfuscate i don't i don't know that we're necessarily going to talk about it but there is a uh a <laughs> sort of a um What's the word? The IQ. I always want to call it the Assassin's Creed. The hidden dagger is the physical that triggers off of each obfuscate. We now have mm-hmm. a social that triggers off of each obfuscate. Yeah. So you know she a can failed threat. Yes. So with that with that card, she can easily pump herself to you know four damage um, against a, a vampire or potentially five against a mortal if for some reason that becomes relevant. Um, you know she's got the the five. BP with the double social. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> she's real good. <laughs> uh, combine this with the pre-constructed Haven, um, which allows you, which allows your leader to attack without leaving your Haven. Um, yep. Yeah, you can just snatch stuff up and not even have to uh, leave the safety of your Haven. Yep. Very she's good. Stuff. She's good. All right. Well, why don't you talk about the last? Yeah, so we mentioned him earlier. So Shep Mason, um, he's another five-coster, two physical, one social, double potence this time. And his text box is, you may attach the sheriff title to this character at no influence cost. I will be honest, I don't really know what to make of this. I like it because I like title decks. So free titles, yes. Sure, that is true. (laughs) Um, it's yeah it's weird um 
it's going to be weirder when we talk about another card later in the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know if that is the explicit design combo for this vampire. Um, right. I, I do think it's interesting. So at first I was a little not confused, but the sheriff part was a little odd to me, but thinking about it, I do think it makes sense because sheriff is kind of like we were talking about Kim sheriff is kind of the, um, it's not even a silver bullet necessarily because it's more broad, but like it's kind of the counter card, right? Like if, if ongoings become a problem, sheriff is a way to answer. And right. so a guy like this who can give you sheriff for free in a deck. So like that basically meaning you can run sheriff in a deck that may not be running a lot of influence um, makes it a lot more affordable. I, you know, I, I, I think I understand that a little bit more now after thinking about it. Yeah, that is something I hadn't thought of is just getting getting any sort of ongoing hate if you're not playing a deck that needs the influence or ha- has the influence rather. Um, and Nosferatu and Gangrel, they both do have a bunch of ongoings. So even if you look at it purely from a two clans within the expansion box, not that you have the sheriff title because you need the core box for that, but... Just this particular matchup between these two clans, it will have its use. Like, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to be playing ongoings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, let's talk about the clan I think you've been liking a little more. Uh, we want to talk about the library cards? Oh, yeah, we could do that. Because <laughs> I mean, there's there's some good ones. Yes, yes, yes. Well, there's uh, there, Yeah, so there's one in particular that I think... At least, you know, are like looking at it looked good. Maybe I subconsciously didn't want to talk about this card. Uh, it's fair because it'll it'll definitely ruin your day. Okay, uh, bad reflection. Uh, a physical and social reaction. Not Nosferatu locked uh, for BP. Deal mental damage to the attacker equal to the damage they are dealing you prior to any damage prevented prevention or mitigation abilities. Uh, once this card started being noticed at the event, I was seeing people being one-shotted at least once or twice a game. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And it's, it's interesting because it's like slap in the face, right? In that it translates damage from one type into another, meaning, that it's meaning it's better than the sort of the the uh, reactions that just do damage back in the same stat right. because usually right you're going to be doing a physical attack with somebody with good a physical. couple physical right yeah. where so this but uh, usually if you have good physical you don't necessarily have good mental right so um bad reflection does that and also the cool thing about bad reflection is or cool or troublesome depending on which end of it you're on <laughs> uh because it scales right with how much damage they're doing um and that can be pretty brutal because there's some physical attacks that do lots of damage and mental you know you're probably not gonna back. be able to defend a minute yeah 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 um i'm not sure how i f- like my knee-jerk reaction is this is really strong maybe too strong um Four BP isn't that hard to hit. I wonder if it would still be fine at five. I don't know. This I could see people just were in a position that they 
no reason that they wouldn't have normally attacked and didn't because they hadn't like seen enough copies of this card like in their opponent's discard and they didn't want to lose their character because they were gonna it was gonna go eye for an eye and have two vampires in torpor so i don't i don't know i i feel like i probably need more plays with it um but it's definitely very strong Mm -hmm. it sure is it is a (laughs) and i can't i just love yelling bad touch whenever people play it so okay um let's see what we got next uh spy games um yeah this is cool i like this card (laughs) yes i in the same way i have no idea if it's good or not but it's cool uh go for it so spy games is a action card uh nosferatu obviously um also you need to have five bp right so it's it's hard to difficult to play and the text is, steal a rival token from a target foe. At the start of your next turn, return it. So that's weird. Uh, what does that actually mean, rules-wise? A lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You Let's see, off the top of my head, you can't be your own rival. You can't attack yourself. Um, <laughs> right. Trying to think of other stuff. I actually kind of pseudo got this card uh faq'd because i i immediately thought of a way to break the game with it yeah uh i i thought of well okay so if if player a gets their token stolen from player b and then player b gets player a's token uh stolen by player c what happens to player a's token does it ever get to go back to them because by the time it would return on player b's turn player c still has it so it's being I don't know if it was eroded or FAQ'd to just it when uh, the first instance of it being stolen, it will go back at the start of that person's turn, regardless of where it is. Okay, interesting. Interesting. So stealing a token that's already been stolen is less good. It's less effective the more times it gets stolen because right. you're going to have it for it's like diminishing returns. You're, you're gotcha. going to have it for less and less amount of time. Interesting. Yeah. So the cool thing is obviously okay so in 1v1 it's not really that interesting i mean you can still steal the rival token and it means that like they won't get a point for hurting you or whatever but obviously this is a multiplayer card yes um and there's a few cool things about it uh one being you if you can eliminate somebody i mean you know it takes an action right so like you need to basically be able to knock them out at the single action but like if you can eliminate somebody you can make you can make that so that they're your rival and you win from it that's Mm -hmm. fun um conversely you can save somebody from being eliminated because potentially right if you you know steal a rival token from somebody else who can knock them out that's cool um yeah just a lot of weird big brain plays you can make with yeah it's one of those uh I, i call them political cards like it's it's something that you can use uh to your advantage to kind of mess with the flow of the game i think what you already mentioned with like if someone's on the verge of being knocked out you can steal it from them and the person that was gonna knock them out is not gonna want to anymore um yeah cool cool i think it's a very cool card we'll see what actually happens with it because i yeah. really i have no idea honestly <laughs> same here um same here so then you want to talk about the last i think nosferatu card we wanted to talk about yeah yeah so here's one of those ongoings um i used this one a couple times i really i liked it i didn't have any uh, 
situations where I regretted playing it. So this is uh, Secret Passage. It's an unhosted, ongoing Nosferatu. Uh, and basically you exhaust it and you return one character in your coterie to your haven, maintaining their ready or exhausted state. Uh, so basically you send someone out to the streets to do something and bring them back to safety. Uh, cool. Um, more yeah. kind of like mind gamey type things. Like if you, <clears throat> if you have a big party that goes out and one or two of them is exhausted and you decide like which one to do, it's, it's a lot of uh, kind of like giving you more ma- uh, options for micromanaging. Cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, what I'm really interested in playing around with this card is the stuff that, like, actions where you have to be in the streets, right? Yeah. Um, so, Sheriff. Like, we, uh, just, Sheriff. we just talked about Sheriff, yeah. Yep, Sheriff is a big one. Um, another one is, like, a lot of the agendas that you have to be in the streets to trigger. Uh, I Like, the animal, one of the animal agendas in this pack is like that. I think knowledge um, is power. Is I like think that. knowledge is power is like that, yeah, yeah, where it's, like, you have to exhaust your leader in the street um or you know or attach an animal in the street or whatever to to get the agenda points which obviously makes you vulnerable so then if you can then pop them back home you can play a defensive game while still being able to get your agenda points so i think that's an interesting potential for it yeah and you're you're basically saving you can think of it as at least in my head how i'm thinking about it you can you're saving yourself one uh exhaust a block because someone that you were already saving to be a blocker for that person who was exhausted if your opponent just decides to attack them directly they don't need to exhaust to block anymore and they'll just take the damage like they would have normally so you're saving an exhaust trigger i don't know interesting that's kind of an interesting way of thinking about it yeah it it makes it means you can be a little bit more free with your blockers yeah. Or like like in terms of like you don't necessarily have to be quite as, you know, scared about blocking or, or concerned about making sure you have blockers, I guess is really what yeah. I wanted to say. Conversely, if you uh if you send that person to the haven by themselves, then all your opponent has to do is spend a card to attack them anyway. Um so yeah, I that guess that's true. something to be careful about <laughs> where that you're is, putting your vampires. That is true. Okay, so now that I can read the notes correctly, now we can talk about some gangrel stuff. Now we can talk about some gangrel stuff, which is cool because <laughs> this is the clan that I liked out of the out of the um, the pack, which is kind of funny because I don't think we're really going to talk about. Well, I guess I guess we'll talk about a couple of them, but um, so I will say I think gangrel at least with the animal stuff, which we will talk about animals when we talk about kind of the generic cards, but it's a little more holistic. And so like, it's not like any of them necessarily jump out at you for that, but there were still a couple cards that jumped out to me that could go in pretty much any deck. Yep. Um, so I'm going to talk about my favorite one and then I'll let you talk about the other one. So, uh, Leia Swiftfoot is, I love her. She's so cool. Um, so she's a gangrel. She's four BP, one social, one mental, animalism, and protean. Attacker, if alone in a party, attacks made by this character cannot be blocked. At the end of this attack, you may move the character to your haven. Oh, she's so cool. I love her. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you just send her out by herself. 
she goes, she attacks somebody. They can't be blocked. And then she just goes back home. Mm-hmm. And the kind of downside to this is she only has ones in her relevant stats. So you'll need to invest in this solo attack. Right. And because she has to be alone, you can't pump her up with other disciplines. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, she does have Protean, which is a pretty strong attacking keyword um, with some of the library cards, right? So, yeah. you know, she's got some... And she's got 4 BP, so, you know, she can play um, some of the better social and mental attacks. Right. Um, but, but yeah, it, like, it, you know, she's she's not necessarily going to just single-handedly wreck somebody because she is limited in terms of how much raw damage she can deal but she's real good at picking somebody out without being or picking somebody off without being kind of you know caught out in the street yeah yeah i think i don't know which which part of her text do you think is more important the can't be blocked or moving to the haven i feel like it's the can't be blocked i i think you're right i think the moving to the haven is really nice um, but I think the can't be blocked is the stronger part. Yeah. You know, um, and also important to note too, right? Like if, I mean, I don't, I don't know why you would, but like, you can always, you don't have to move her back to the Haven and you can always yep. party her up afterwards if for some reason you need to do that. So, yep. Yep. It's, uh, it's a may ability. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see who was it? Trinity, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Trinity Voss, she's uh, five BP, one physical, two social, uh, animalism, and fortitude. And she has a static party ability. Attackers in this party deal plus two damage to antagonists. Uh, right now, that is just uh, the SAD. Yes. So that's pretty good. Uh, if she, even if she just attacks by her lonesome with her two social so you can knock out some sad um basically anyone that has uh, a two and a stat can one shot sad kind of like clandestine does to um uh non-sad mortals mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think she pretty much becomes an instant like not not that's the only way to build it but like you put her as your leader in a hunt the hunters deck oh yeah I mean, that's a great start because then suddenly, I mean, you know, if you have two in a stat, you can kill sad um, or, you know, or even if you have zero in a stat and, you know, you have a two damage, a, a card, um, she just, yeah, she's really, really good at killing sad <laughs> and enabling other people to kill sad. Yeah, I think that's the best thing about her is it's a party ability. It's not even a uh, her herself as an attacker like clandestine is. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably gives her maybe the edge on this uh sad doesn't come out as often as city deck mortals do but i think it's more impactful yeah um yeah i guess it yeah. depends if you're playing hunt the hunters or whatever the uh i don't know either play things or whatever the new vagrant collecting one is like right invisible army yeah right right yeah but i mean you know and, but, and then i think like you said because it's a party you can pretty easily trigger it twice in a turn you know, it's not it's not weird to have two sat out and you can get that plus two damage on both your attacks, you know, pretty good. Yeah, usually when when I'm playing Hunt the Hunters, I'm usually fine letting sad sit out there for a while until it comes back around to my turn. So leaving them out there for the table to deal with, start soaking up some damage for you and then 
she makes it so much easier to get rid of them on your turn. And then you're getting the agenda, you're getting the money and mm-hmm. they get shuffled back into the deck. Um, not that hunt the hunters needed a shot in the <laughs> arm, but this could fit the bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, so yeah, she's, she's pretty strong. You know, I mean, her, the one, the one downside to me from her is her, uh, disciplines are not super great for an attacking yeah. deck, right? Um, but that ability is good enough that it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah, it balances out because you don't you likely won't need much to add if, if she's the one attacking at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, library cards. Uh, these are some bonkers ones. Yeah, Hold and it's tight. interesting because, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's only two uh, they, they only have two clan locked cards, but they're both two of the strongest cards. Like, I, I, I have no compunction saying that Apex Predator is right up there with Sucker Punch as oh, being yeah. one of the best like single standalone cards in the game. Oh yeah, this this is if you are playing anything with Gangrel, this is an instant three X. Or if you're just playing any sort of aggro deck, you this might be like the smoke effect where. You, you play smoke and you're getting access to sucker punch you might play yep. any sort of gangrel to get access to apex predator because this yep. thing is nuts yep so it is a social attack for bp um, obviously clan locked so not only does it add two damage but also you put a fear token on the target and if the attacker is your leader exhaust the target and ready your leader oof Poo, that's oof. that's bonkers man I, I uh, like where where whereas I was on the fence about calling uh, bad reflection overpowered, I think this might be like this does I, so much. I think the fact that the the if your attacker is a leader, you get to both exhaust the target and ready your leader is real pushed, right? And it's and it good. just it adds two damage on its own. Yep. Yep. And it's, I, I did also, I'm pretty sure this is the only, uncon, I say unconditional fear, like you have to have a gangrel, right? But the other ways of giving fear are, I think, discipline dependent or um, like if this damage. attack does damage. Yeah. yeah. This is literally just Do put it. a fear token. Yep. Um, and, oh gosh, it's just, it's so good. I love it. I mean, I, I hate it, but I love it as a gangrel. It's so strong. <laughs> I really don't think it's hard to overstate how strong this attack is. Yes. Yeah. If if you're like I said, if you're playing anything gangrel adjacent or needs any social attack, like find a reason to put a gangrel in your deck to slot three of these cards in because you you, you won't go wrong. Like you just you literally can't go wrong playing this card. <laughs> yep. That's why. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, hey. You you throw Leia Swiftfoot becomes an easy splash for uh, for a lot of aggro decks because she's got that cool ability plus she opens up this gangrel and sucker punches it, its requirement is five right if I'm remembering that's a good question um, that I don't know off the top of my head do, 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 looking at the deck list uh, I'm just comparing the two because it's the easiest. Uh what do you call it comparison to make uh right no it's bp2 i don't know what i'm thinking of then okay yeah i don't know either 
the one that's the, the one that's five I know is um that always trips me up is the backhanded um or is mm. it backhanded compliment or the backhanded whichever five, yeah. But yeah, the Toreador one. That's what that's five. Yeah, um, that's five. So Okay, well it's not that that much crazier than Sucker Punch then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um let's see, what's the other one? Shape of the Beast. This one this one's tricky. This one's kind of a mind bender, at least for me. The, the mm-hmm. times that I've seen people play in this, um, they were kind of like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm like, what? Uh, so Shave of the Beast, it's a unhosted, ongoing, gangrel locked. Uh, so it has two portions. So exhaust one character with Protean in your coterie. Gain one unhosted action this turn. Pay one blood from the exhausting character. Gain one action instead. Mm-hmm. Um... So why why would you want to do this? Why what is what does doing this get you versus just doing your regular actions and now right. you have to exhaust people? So, well, I mean, t- taking three actions in a turn seems good, right? Um, I I think this this card is definitely not quite as strong as Apex Predator, but it can spike to being as strong. Right, because it, to really get the full advantage, you probably need to have a, like th- four vampires out. Yeah. Right, so that you can exhaust one for this and get like three attacks off or whatever, three actions. But getting an extra attack, like that's 50% more actions during your turn, right? That's really <laughs> good. Um, and even, even if you're not paying the blood, like getting an extra draw, you know, exhaust a character to draw a card is not bad <laughs> nope you know yeah if you um, have I mean, a vampire I, who's just like you said i think the threshold for this probably is four maybe three if you're like have this out really early and like your opponent isn't super aggressive but yeah if you have vampires that are just sitting out there doing nothing oh i'm gonna exhaust a draw card that's mm-hmm. never gonna be a bad play or if you want a magical Christmas land, it, it could just be two, and you can just play triple Apex Predator with your leader. Like, like, it, ain't, like it ain't no thing, you know? Oh, my my leader. Just, <laughs> I just, I'm getting carpal tunnel from having to twist this card three times in a round. Uh, yeah. Tamasca goes burr. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, and that's, so I think, I think it's one of those where like, it's playable. Like if it didn't have the pay one blood, it would be playable. Not sure if it'd be great, but it would be potentially playable. Um, the pay one blood is what really takes it into real good territory. But I also don't think that's necessarily something you're going to be doing with it. Most like I think you're going to be triggering it more often just to draw a card. Yeah, I mean it. Has, it's an unhosted action technically, but that pretty much means draw a card. Right. I think it. It is also. It can also be maybe the cornerstone of like. I'm thinking of the future, but some sort of like janky combo deck where you just like chain a bunch of actions and like because we this is now the third. Well, no, I take that back. Fourth or fifth card that gives us actions because you have the two haven the the haven and then the. Uh, what do you call them? Alchemies that if you attach them to mm-hmm. uh, someone who has thin blood alchemy, you get an action back. So right. I, I don't know. Maybe, but, maybe yeah. there'll be an maybe there'll be an agenda in the future where if you play do five actions, you get two agenda or something. Who knows? <laughs> I hope yeah. not. That would be really weird. That would be weird. But yeah, I think this is a good card. 
I mean, I, again, like I said, I don't think it's uh, nearly as crazy as Apex Predator, but I definitely think it's potentially the the potential. It has potential to be game winning plays, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you just need well, that's what that's something that we talked about from the beginning of the game is that a lot of turns end up where you feel like, man, if I just had one more action, like if I just had mm-hmm. one more action, I could win right here, and like this is the card that can give you that one more action Mm -hmm. yeah i do think it will trip people up because you have to have the vampire to exhaust right so like you can't make three attacks unless you either have ways of standing your guys or have you know three vampires to to attack yeah um which is again not a problem with the card just something to be aware of Mm -hmm. all right um let's talk about some neutral cards and yeah. the, the first ones are kind of what the, the headliner for this pack is, we'll say. Uh, yeah. Animals. Yes. So there are five different animals. Um, basically, they're all action cards that attach to your characters. Um, and they give, I think pretty much all of them give like... Uh, an on a sort of an ongoing ability or some of them you exhaust a card to do the ability and then they all have a detach ability which basically means you take the card you know you unattach it and either discard it or some of them actually say burn the card yeah uh so they kind of kind, kind of function like titles ish uh mm-hmm. you don't need to you don't need to exert influence uh but you do need to have animalism and most of the time pay some blood yep they're they're cool. I like them. They're they're interesting. Um yeah. for sure. They have some cool cool effects. I mean, Mongrel is obviously very strong. It's just there's a flat plus 1 damage as the attacker. Um but like there's also some interesting you can mend a blood on a wounded character. You can get plus 1 shield during ranged and physical attacks. Um plus 1 secrecy. There's some cool cool interesting effects. Like they're they're none of them I mean, again, Mongrel is definitely the one where you're like, whew, that's real strong. Um, it's also the most expensive. You have to pay two blood to get it. Right. But, you know, but but they're all nice to have abilities, I think. Right. Or for the most yeah. part. Yeah. They're all things that you like. I can't imagine any deck that wouldn't want to have one of these effects. Um mm-hmm. They're all, I mean, maybe, no, because I was thinking maybe the Swarm. Um, the Swarm is an interesting card just because of uh, its inverse. Uh, there's a Nosferatu card that keys off how many, what, is it in play and in the discard or just yes. in the discard? In okay. play and in the discard, yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's a cool card that does that. And then there's, I, I love the the thematic uh, design of, there's uh, one of the animals is Alley Cat. And there is a Nosferatu character named Crazy Cat Lady who yeah. lets you uh, basically tutor them and attach for free. Yeah, uh, no, no, not tutor, not tutor. Uh, but you can, but you can grab them from your discard pile, discard or hand. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're, they're cool. Like again, they're they, you know they're. I, I don't think. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if there's Gangrel decks that aren't running one of the animal agendas that's how many animals they run i mean again you probably still run mongol because it's real good yeah but you know i'll be interested to see how many of the other ones get run um 
but like I, I, I can see multiple. I can see a, a build that's kind of an aggro build that runs a few of them. I can see an aggro build that basically doesn't, you know, maybe just runs mongrel and maybe even doesn't run it at all, depending on the slots and, and the, you know, the fills. So they're cool. They're interesting. I mean, I'm real, I'm real excited to play around with them. And also I think the animal agendas are fun. So. Yeah. And, um, Gangrel has ways to reduce the costs for mongrel, uh, mm-hmm. with who I like, which is Drea Warden. Uh, yeah, I like her. Um, okay. So moving on from animals, um, I think we wanted to talk about constant surveillance because this is another just cool card. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so um, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say let's make sure we actually have the. Okay, so it is an action card. It is an ongoing, and it is uh, pay one prestige to cover target foe's agenda or haven with this card, or pay one additional prestige to cover both. Covered cards have no text. At the start of your next turn, burn this card. So yeah, that's so, weird. Yeah, yeah, I think this can can fit into uh, what I've started calling those political cards. Um, if you see someone at the table who's running away with the game and, you know, you can see that they are going to win on their next turn, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it's, it's very clear when that's about to happen. Um, you can plop this down and unless there's a bunch of citizens or sad on the board, they're not going to have a way of getting agenda and, or um, they're not going to have whatever ability that their Haven gives them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This also, is also neg- negates the secrecy from the Haven, which is, yes. I think probably niche, but is worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're an aggro deck, I, not that I would think that an aggro deck runs this. I don't know. Right. Um, Cause you're basically paying a card for a card anyway and, right. and a prestige. So mm-hmm. that's not going to be its only right. use, but it, uh, an extra use. All right. I mean, we've, we've had, there's been some debates in the discord about this already. I'm, I fall on the side of, I don't think this card is that is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. I'm sure that there will be games where people win the game because of this card. But I think most of the time it helps your opponents more than it helps you, right? Because if you are spending one of your two actions and one or two prestige to stop somebody from winning, that means that you have two other opponents that also get the benefit of that opponent not winning, but didn't have to pay the action and the prestige. And that's just a big cost to i mean you know even if you can like i you know i know they could pay for stuff but like there's just there's only a few ways of like quote unquote paying back right like there's right. no like you, you know you can't you can't be like hey give me two prestige and i'll or you know I'll yeah, within the rules right. there's not a way right. to like recoup your cost on this right and so that's why i don't think this card is that good but that being said like if you want to play it, play it. If you're the kind of political player that thinks you would enjoy the card, I think it's, I don't think it's awful. I just think it normally ends up helping at least one other person at the table more than it helps you. Right. Yeah. Uh, interesting thing with the, the text. And again, I don't know if this is uh, future proofing on purpose, but it says uh, it doesn't say cards under this card have no text. It says covered cards. So I wonder if anything else will be, coming that can also cover card 
Interesting. Um, Interesting. So you plop that down and like, okay, this, this covers one thing, but maybe there'll be other cards that can cover other things. And this is the one that turns them all on or something like that. Hmm. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, the agendas. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit about some of them, but we can go through them pretty quickly here. So the the precon Gangrel one, that's called the Wild, right? Yes. Okay. So that is when you attach an animal to a character in your coterie in the streets who has no animals, gain one agenda. Uh, I think what a lot of people were getting tripped up about is a it was no animals attached. It's not, um, it's not like a title, because I think uh, right the title one is if well, uh, the title if, one if is the rules say that you can't have yeah. more than one anyway. Um, right. But so yeah. but you wouldn't yeah it, it, yeah it's it's a little weird that way. It's awkward. They have to be in the streets. I don't know. It's awkward. Um, the goal, the idea being, because you can trigger it multiple times a turn, there's ways of recurring, right. you know, and you can maybe, elect to detach the animal whenever. Yep. So like, maybe there ends up being some kind of, you know, recurring thing that be, is able to play two or three animals, right? Cause again, if you, you know, if you have the, uh, the, the extra actions, you can trigger it like three times, mm-hmm. you know? So who knows? I don't know. It doesn't jump off. I think the other animal king agenda is better. It's the uh, you gain. It's sort of like the alchemy one. It's you gain one agenda if you control one animal. If you control three plus three or more different animals, gain two agenda. Yeah, I think that's the better way if you're playing animals right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other two are interesting too. Yeah. So the Nosferatu precon one is when a when a character in your coterie attaches a vagrant as a retainer, gain two agenda. When you defeat a character with an attached vagrant, gain one agenda. I, I think like that's this. really cool. Yeah, I like this one. Um, <laughs> what, what ended up happening at the event a lot is the Nosferatu player would either win or lose on if the vagrant showed up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I think I, that's why I'm interested to see this in a more you know normal environment. But yeah. the, the thing I think is cool about this is that you get an extra point for defeating somebody with an attached vagrant. I just, yeah. I think that's neat and interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the horde, the herd, uh, that's the, the last one is before we'll, we'll tie this in with the next card that we're going to talk about. But when I read this, I'm like, huh? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So at, at the end of your turn, if there are no unattached city deck citizens or vagrants in the streets, gain one agenda. If there are no unattached city deck mortals, gain two agenda instead. So in a one-on-one game, this isn't probably going to be very hard to trigger because you're only pulling one thing at a time by the time it gets to your turn. But how, mm-hmm. how do you think that would ever happen in a four-player game? Well, hey, turns out there's a library <laughs> card. Yeah. Um, which one was that? Is that second? Yeah, second, second tradition. Uh, why don't you read that one off? So second tradition, the domain. It's an ongoing action card. Um, so ongoing, exhaust. Attach a city deck citizen or vagrant in the streets to this card. Maximum of two. They are still in the streets and may be attacked. Foes must pay you one prestige to attack mortals attached to this. I love this card. 
Very cool. <laughs> it's very cool. Yes, this was the my once we were able to build our decks, uh, this jumped out at me, uh, and this was very fun to play. Uh, granted, the deck I play, <laughs> the tech I played against was almost an exact mirror. Uh, so we were playing the same, we were playing Horde the Herd and Second Tradition and pretty much the same vampires and all that stuff. Um, first, I, I played uh, Brad, e- is his last name pronounced Eamon? Eamon, I think, yeah. Eamon, yeah, he's a very, very good card player. I think he was pretty big in Thrones, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's played a bunch of different games. He's quite good yeah. at card games. So I, I felt good that I had the same deck as him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but our game devolved into just uh, attaching all the c- citizens on site, uh, knocking out any ones that stayed around, and it was basically just a point-for-point point race to 13, and it ended up being 12-13 to 13 because I drew two citizens as first player, so he had the extra uh, time to get both out of the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the card itself, um, it's very cool. Uh, I love abilities that make your opponents like give you things to basically execute their plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I think is cool because it's like it, they can still attack them, but they just have to pay a much steeper cost to do so. Right. So like, you know, if they really need to kill that citizen to win the game, like if they have two if they have two prestige they can still do it but like over the course of a game you can't you just can't afford to give your opponent like you know four or five prestige mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not you're not going to have a good time no so yeah so i i want to do a cuz i'm still in love with dragon's roost i want to do a second tradition dragon's roost deck where i can block for the mortals and uh, you have to pay me to do it. <laughs> oh man, that's just gross. So, actually, speaking of, we weren't really going to talk about this, but uh, it, it's right above there. So, protect the flock, which is another action card that you exhaust to put a blood of your color on mortals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, each blood added to a mortal increases the damage needed to defeat them. What I didn't realize is buried in the FAQ of the pack is that. You don't care about blood of your own color. It's just right. other people. So that card gets much better. Yes. Yeah, I think everyone was kind of like, okay. Like, I, I could I could see this card working in some niche situations, like Hunt the Hunters or something like that, which is mm-hmm. still weird because if it worked the way it kind of reads, like Hunt the Hunters, would you really want to pump up the sad that you eventually right. have to go after? Like, it didn't make much sense. But now that we know that you... <laughs> ignore your own blood the stock of that does go way up mm-hmm. i mean it's it's real good against like the playthings or any either of the vagrant agendas in this pack right yeah so um anyway i just i think it's really cool that they've played around with they've introduced a couple different ways of like messing with the city deck in in a way that i totally did not anticipate right like making it more costly to to take citizens without actually like removing them or anything you know mm-hmm. yeah because you're fine just letting them sit there and you can go after them yourself if you really want to mm-hmm. um which i'm sh- sure you will for if, if there's nothing else to do like they're not going to be your priority 
when they're attached because your agenda only cares about unattached. So if something comes up on the field, that's going to be your priority. Right. Right. And, and it is important to know, right. That, that they still can't, that second tradition still does not attach sad. Um, Protect the flock though. Does Mm -hmm. you can actually make sad take, you know, four or five BP or five or six, you know, damage to kill, which is kind of gross. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you have a couple vagrants, you're, probably fine doing that and just let your opponent deal with it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah there will be a game sometime where there's like you know three different sad on this like somebody ends up getting a few several vagrants there's like three different sad on the field and they're all like six or seven you know blood and it's just like oh that's i'm gonna feel real bad for the whoever is oh, on yeah. the other end of that someone's gonna get shut up a lot yep <laughs> yep okay um and then I think this is the last one we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, but not least. Right. So. No, it's good. We're, we're <laughs> going to just end on probably the most controversial, uh, <laughs> at least for, at least in our minds, I think, the most controversial card in the pack. Yeah, this card broke my brain when I read it. Mm-hmm. More than Apex Predator. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is the Shakedown. Uh, it's an action. Look at target foe's hand, then name an attack type. The target discards all attack card attack cards of that type if the acting character has the sheriff title gain one prestige for each card discarded this way what i yeah like you said it just broke my brain like the idea of you get hand knowledge you get full hand knowledge and then you get to decide how many cards they're going to discard. Yes. Uh, I have never played a card game that does a targeted hand destruction where you look at the hand first. I do not understand that. Yep. It's it's pretty bonkers. Um, I I will say, so this is purely theory crafting. I have not actually seen this actually played yet. I do think it's not quite as broken well maybe not broken but i don't think it's nearly as strong as i initially thought it was which does not mean it's not strong or that it's not potentially a problem but i do think there's something to be said for the fact that against aggro they're probably not actually going to have that many attack cards in their hand at once for most of the game where i think it gets brutal is like if you shake them down turn like two or three before they really start getting their attack chains off Mm -hmm. that's pretty gross i also think it's which and here's the flip side that i actually kind of liked i think it makes prestige drain a lot worse Uh, or or rather i should say i think it's strongest against prestige drain because they want to hold those attack cards in their hand until the right moment and so you can just say boom oh look you have you know, all this stuff. Okay, I'll name mental, get rid of all the, or social, either one, right? Get rid of all those. Um, yeah. Much less, much less getting paid for it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I think this card is really strong, even without the getting paid kicker. Yeah. Um, because, like, I don't know if maybe it was thought, like, oh, they have to have the sheriff title, and that's not always a given, but, like, Discarding cards is going to be good regardless. Like, getting paid for it is gravy. Um, 
to me, the getting paid kicker is insane. Like, not even that it's that strong. It's just like, why, why did this card need right? Why did extra? Right. Um, I I think that if if you flipped the order and named an attack type first, the card would still be very strong. Mm -hmm. Um, that would reward your game knowledge. That would reward your uh, matchup knowledge. This is just point and click, haha, get wrecked. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how I like Because that. that's the thing. Like, you can't, it's not even necessarily like, it's not even that you, oh, like, you get to know how many of each attack. You literally get to know all the cards. So, like, right. if there's one card that you're scared of, one attack card you're scared of, like, I mean, if, you know, Sucker Punch. If, like, oh man, I have a million blockers, Sucker Punch is the only thing that can kill me. Well, do they have Sucker Punch? Okay. <laughs> like, ugh. It's, well, ugh. even e- even thinking about it outside of attacks, um, just thinking that your opponent, ha- like, okay, you're, you're, you're a Malkavian playing a bunch of conspiracies, and you think that your opponent's on, we'll go back to earlier, Kim Fan. Mm-hmm. You just play the shakedown and go, okay, let me look at all your cards. Oh, you have Kim Fan. I don't want to play any conspiracies yet, because... You know, you'll just you'll plop her out and delete my cards. Mm. You just you can look at the hand and not even care if they have attacked like that. Even sure. in that in that situation, the discarding is the gravy, and knowing your whole foe's hand sure. is like the best part of it. So I, yeah. I don't know. Hand hand knowledge is real good. I I think I think that the hand knowledge is probably was probably underestimated when this card was designed because like you said perfect hand knowledge is pretty crazy um i mean again not like a card that was literally just like i mean an an action card that did it would probably not be quite that good but like an action card that was just like look at target foe's hand would not be awful probably not be playable but it would not be awful Mm -hmm. um getting to discard attacks makes it really good yeah i mean for for anyone who's not like uh, an experienced card game player or someone who has played. Once you see your foe's hand and they don't have anything, and, and it's your turn, obviously, because you're playing the action. Once you know their hand and you see the board state, you literally know every line of play that is available to them until they start drawing other cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this probably could have been just look at your foe's uh, library cards. Like, I don't think they, the cards are sleeved differently for, I think, these types of situations. It could have been just look at uh, non-vampire cards or anything like, I was it faction deck, uh, mm-hmm. specifically in the rules, something like that. So yeah, look at yeah. non-faction cards in your foe's hand. Yeah, it's a little wordy, but I think, yeah, I think the the order of operations should have been flipped. You, you name a attack type first. And only look at library cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. I can't wait to play it in a title deck and just be like, oh, <laughs> just play, just play it as a prestige gang card. Because that's the funny thing to me is like, I mean, it, even if you if you take the hand knowledge out of it and pretend that like you don't actually care what attack cards they have, if you have sheriff, it's like, hey, target foe discards probably one to four cards and you gain that amount of prestige that's 
silly too. I mean, again, that's probably the least silly thing about it, but that's still kind of yeah, silly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not a small amount of prestige. That's a free vampire. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, get that I, get I, that sheriff pad how to pay for itself. Well, if you're playing Shut Mason, that's free too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's of all the cards we've seen so far, I don't know that this one will actually get, I don't know, restricted or banned or whatever whatever ends up happening but like it's the one it's the first one i've seen where i'm like i don't really want this card to exist (laughs) yeah yeah like i I can totally i'll probably try it at least once playing playing a title deck shep is a leader and this as a 3x with sheriff Mm -hmm. and just like do title deck stuff but also do this and i mean when a title deck doesn't need to worry about aggro things it'll run away with the game at least yep. I, that's how i think yep i mean that's so to me that's what's brutal about it is like you you look at their hand you say okay i get to get rid of if, if any of your outs are attack cards i just delete them or at yep. least delete especially if they're all of one type i get to know what all your other outs are and i know exactly what i can play and not play and what's problem what makes problems for you it's just it's good it's good man Mm -hmm. it's real good and and the funny thing is i think it's more broken the higher level play you're in right like if you're just and this is this sounds kind of insulting it's really not meant to be like if you're just playing with a couple friends around a kitchen table this card is going to be good but not insane i think but like if you're at like a top table at a tournament this card is can be just absolutely (laughs) blow out game winning i was <laughs> this is funny i was i was gonna say yeah at the top tables like you know the meta you know what cards are in your opponent's hand but then i forgot you look at the hand first <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god this is so weird um yeah i, I don't know so i'm really i'm really psyched about almost all of the cards i think it's really cool design this whole pack and then just the shakedown uh, was just that was like alarm bells going off like mm-hmm. kill like uh mm-hmm. in kill bill or like woo like yep. that oh man i mean this, this is this is the kind of card i i'll say yeah. great art on the card <laughs> oh yeah i mean this is the kind of card that i've i've like i'm like oh yeah you don't play rivals but you play lots of card games what do you think about this effect and people are like what yeah but um, I don't know. Overall, I'm I'm really interested in this pack. I think it's a really cool pack. Like I said, I'm, uh, Gangrel, yeah. Gangrel really hits a lot of what I like to do. Little little uh, combo, you know, with the animals and everything. <clears throat> so I'm I'm looking forward to watching this pack, you know, in the broader meta. Yeah, I'm I'm excited not only of what the the meta will turn into with these cards, but just the future of design that they can pull out these ideas that do these like cool weird things um you know that mm-hmm. that they have the capacity to just like keep coming out with cool stuff weird yeah. stuff like that's that's what like the fair part of my with card games like uh any new releases like i want new new and weird stuff like mm-hmm. don't give me the same thing i've already had like in a different flavor like with a different mm-hmm. faction give me weird stuff yeah i think that's a good so like 
like animals i think i like animals i think they're cool but like they're not super great right like we we had alchemies animals are yeah. i mean they're at the very basic level they're like alchemies right the, you have to have a certain discipline and or something and they go on your characters but like the stuff like second domain yes and everything is like wow this is weird and yeah cool. give me and stuff that like warps it. the core rules of the game yep <laughs> yep so <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, that is going to do it for our overview of Wolf and Rats. Um, any any parting thoughts? Um, I don't think I have any. I mean, I, I think I probably, if we had thought ahead, uh, we would have had a really cool Halloween theme for this episode since we're recording the day yeah, before we're, Halloween. We're recording on Halloween Eve. Yeah. And like Nosferatu are like very classic vampire. Um, but you know that would require a lot of planning and and stuff that you know it just uh, didn't really happen. <laughs> we're still we're still podcast babies in the grand scheme of things. Yes, and it's <laughs> and it's been kind of a crazy few weeks, like we mentioned with yes. travel and everything. So we'll yeah. we'll blame we'll blame that. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, we'll call it for tonight, and I will bid everyone good evening. And of course, even more important in this Halloween season, to stay spooky.